You guys ready for the word? Look at your neighbor, ask him, you ready for the word? You see, this talk, well, can you put my title up? All you need is love. Can you, I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. Listen to me. Tonight's talk is really the heart of our church. It's the heart of our leadership, and it's the heart of Christ. And here's the thing. Sometimes we come to church, and we think we got it all down packed. Sometimes we come to church and we're confused. We don't know what's going on, right? You got all these people singing and jumping. You're like, what's going on? And, and tonight, I want to simplify it for you. Can I do that? Can I simplify it? Here's the thing. A lot of us, we look, we look for lists, right? A, a lot of us, we look for lists. So, so if anybody here, a frequent YouTuber, anybody a frequent YouTuber, awesome. The few, the proud. Amen. So if you, if you, if you watch YouTube a lot, you, you'll find yourself looking at videos that says, how to do this. 10 ways how to do this, 5 ways how to do this, 10 ways how to do this, 11 steps in creating this, right? And we, here's the truth. Me and you, we love lists. We love expectations. Who loves lists? Amen. That's what we love, right? I'll prove it to you. When, when, you, when you come to school, you know, you want a syllabus. Tell me everything that's expected of me for this semester. Give me all the assignments. I want to already get ready for it. I need to get my heart ready, right? We want everything straight up, flat out, boom. This is how it is. Here's the truth, young adults, is that sometimes that mentality can bleed into our Christian walk. Sometimes the patterns of the world can sometimes move over into our spirituality. And now we look at Jesus, we look at God, and we say, give me ten ways to go to heaven. Give me five ways to be a better Christian. Give me six ways to stop sinning, right? And we come to Jesus with the same way we come to all the other things in our world. And we say, God, give me a list to go to heaven. Give me ways I can be holy. Give me all these instructions. And then you have a Jesus who stepped in and canceled all the instructions. He canceled all the law. He completed the law by making it available through you and me. Jesus comes to make things simple. Like when people really try to make the gospel complicated, I, I start laughing. I'm like, why are you making this complicated? Jesus came for one purpose and one, pers one purpose only, and that was to make this simple. Who was here last Sunday at church? Who was here? Amen. You got to come Sundays. It was awesome. Sunday, we talked about Jesus in the temple, right? There's an amazing thing happening in the New Testament when Jesus walks into a temple. He starts to flip tables. He is furious. I mean, when was the last time you've been table flipping mad? You know what I'm saying? He's flipping tables. Why? Because he's sending a message. The tables he were flipping, that resembled the, the way that people's sins were forgiven. In those times, the old covenant, how you got your sins forgiven, right? That's a big deal, right? You got to be righteous in the sight of God. When God looks at you, God the Father, when he looks at you, it's important that you understand that he sees you as righteous because you're covered by his son. When God looks at you, he doesn't give his wrath on you. He doesn't say, okay, you're a sinner. I'm going to literally bring the wrath, the consequence of sin. You see, the truth is that Jesus came and took the consequences. Jesus came and took a cross that I was supposed to live on. Jesus came and died a death that I was supposed to die. Why? Because I am a sinner. We are born into a world of sin. Raise your hand if you have never sinned before. No one in this room. You guys looking around like, who's going to raise their hand? Who's the dude that's not paying attention? Right? Oh, wait, hey, no, wait. No. Because you've all fallen short of the glory of God. You've all failed God. You've all sinned. We've all sinned. And the Bible is not unaware of that fact. Jesus isn't unaware of that reality. So what Jesus does is he says, listen, your sin demands your death. 
So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to step in and die the death that you were supposed to live. I'm going to, I'm going to take your place. I'm going to step in and take that cross for you. That's what, if you don't know what Jesus did for you, if you think that Jesus is to do with good ideas and good concepts, that's not it. Jesus actually loves you enough to die for you. Here's what's even more reckless. He died for you. And sometimes you guys, didn't, you didn't even know he died for you. You know what? Some of you guys might hear the gospel tonight and walk away and say, nah, I'm good. I don't need Jesus. I'm good. I'm going to go back to my old life. I come against that in the name of Jesus. But let's say some of you guys did, right? You came in here, you heard the gospel. I'm not good for it. Listen, he still loves you if, even if you walk away. Even if in 30 years you turn back around, which I hope you don't, you turn back around and say, okay, I'm ready for you, Jesus. He's going to accept you in like it was the first time. Because that's Jesus. He loves you through everything. He loves you in every moment. There's no sin that can back him off. You're not too dirty for him. You're not too ugly for him. Your past isn't too big for him. When he died for you, he died for your past sins. He died for your today's sins. And he prayed for your tomorrow's sins. Are there any believers in the house tonight? That's what he did for you. He took your place. And then he says things like, all you need is love. You see, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus is, he's walking, right? He's God. He's 100% God, 100% man, right? He's, he's two in one, right? He's God and man at the same time. He's walking. Religious leaders, they corner him, right? They, they get him in the corner and say, wait a minute, listen, listen. See, the old covenant, the way it used to work was, is that if you sinned, you had to kill an animal, right? And that covered your sin, right? And then we had like these ten commandments, right? Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou, 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 right? And then we have these commandments. I want to, since I got you, since you're God, since you claim to be God, listen, listen. I want you to tell me, what's the most important commandment? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not rob, thou shalt not. What's the most important one? You know what Jesus says? Let me sum it all up for you. Let me simplify it for you. Can I, can I do that tonight? Let me simplify it for you. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor. And they're like, what? What does that even mean? What happened to thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not be envious. What happened to all those? No, no, Jesus sums it up. He says, listen, because of me and what I'm doing for you, all you need to do to fulfill the law is love God with all your heart and love others. Church, this is my message tonight. Jesus says the same thing to you today. You've been trying to ask for a list. You're trying to ask for steps. You're trying to figure out ways to get to heaven, figure out ways to be holy, figure out ways literally to be religious. And Jesus says, listen, I came down for a reason. I stepped out of heaven. I did all the work. I died a death you were supposed to die. I took the sin, shame, and guilt that you, I took it all on the cross just to make it simple enough for you to just live in me, walk with me, and love me with everything you have and love others. He summarizes it. And read you the Bible. And read you the Bible. Number one, it's kind of not a point, but it's kind of what the, the reading says right here. Love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. This is found in Romans. You're not going to see it on the screen. Listen to me. We're really trying to build a culture of bringing Bibles to church. Can I get an amen? So usually when you go to church, they put the, the screens, they put the Bible verses on the screens. Listen, tonight I asked them to don't put any of them up, so you're just going to have to read with me unless you have a Bible. So if you're going to come to church from now on, bring a Bible. Amen? Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. And this is what it says. 
the title of this reading, this passage is Love Fulfills the Law. That's why I see it there. It says this. Let's read it. It's so fun. Let no debt remain outstanding. No debt. We had a debt, right? We sinned, so we needed to die. We needed to pay our debt. We couldn't pay it. Jesus paid it. So this is kind of the context. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. He's saying let no debt remain. The only debt you and me have is to love one another. Let no debt remain. You thought you had to do this, you had to do that. Listen, receive Jesus and start begin to love people. Begin to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. He simplifies it. Let's continue to read. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Whoever has loved others has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be, they're summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does not harm a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of law. Anybody just feel like a huge weight just got lifted off their shoulders? Because you come to church and you see everything the church does. And you're like, I got to do all those things to be Christian. No, no, no. All those things we do because we love God. Oh, I got to pay 10% of everything I have to be a Christian? No, no, no. When you love God, you obey his commandments. And he says, listen, everything good you have, I gave it to you. I'm asking for 10% back. Give me 10 and I'll bless the 90 you see, all this stuff is hard to do when you don't love God. You see us worshiping. What is this karaoke? What's going on? Why are they the words and singing and words and singing? It's powerful when you love Jesus because you're literally exalting him. You're lifting him up. That's why we worship with our hands up, with our mouths open, and we're moving, and we're making a sound. We're making a noise, and we're saying, Lord, to worship you, I live. That's why we worship. That's why we give. That's why we gather in rooms like this, because it's in moments like this that iron can actually sharpen iron, that we can actually encourage each other in this walk to move forward. It keeps it simple. Jesus brings the new covenant, right? I want to show you that there is beauty in the new covenant. You got to believe it, that the new covenant, the new way that Jesus brings, right? When Jesus steps into the world, he invites and welcomes a new system. Before, you had to do all this weird sacrificing stuff. I am the lamb. I am the ultimate sacrifice. You don't have to try to find or buy an animal to pay for your, for your sins. I'm going to ultimately walk up, and I'm going to walk up to my death just for you. So that everything you need after that is only through me. That's why in the Bible you see amazing statements like this. Ready? The only way to the Father is through me. Jesus says, I'm the gate. I'm the door. If you want the Father, you got to go through me. It's not by good concepts. It's not by your church attendance. It's not by how loud you are. It's not by how many churches you've been to, how many camps you've been through. What determines your way into heaven is only through Jesus. It's only through a relationship with him. It's only through Jesus. That's all it is. He makes it so simple. You've been trying to work to heaven. You've been trying to take steps. You've been trying to move. That's why when you talk to someone, they say, hey, I can't go to church yet because I still got to get some things together and you got to tell them when they say that listen if you were waiting to get all those things together you'll be waiting all your life for you to be good and to be righteous in the sight of God there is nothing you can do to be righteous until you say yes to Jesus he makes us righteous our righteousness and our holiness comes from Jesus let me prove it to you first John 
chapter 4 verses 7 through a lot of verses dear friends let this verse speak to you dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God where does love come from so God says listen love one another but understand that the love that you're showing comes from God when you come in this place and you feel the love that's not love coming from us that's love coming from God if you were to talk to me after service I'm going to try my best to show you love. I'm going to try my best to connect you to our church. Why? Not to build me up, but to build up Jesus. He loves me so I can love you. Let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God defines himself by one word. God, the God of the universe. The God that breathed out like planets and like stars, right? Like the world's in his hands. Like, come on, compare the universe to God. He created it. He's outside of it. The God of the universe says, listen, you want to define me by one thing? Define me by love. I am love. God is love. Verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only. So, so, so love actually comes with action. To the boyfriend that gets your girlfriend nothing for Valentine's Day, listen, love comes with action, Papa. Can I keep it real tonight? Can I keep it real? Oh, I just love you with my words. I just love you with my words. Boy, you single now. But it gave me some. God understands that. That love comes with action. That love isn't just a feeling and an emotion, but it comes with some physical stuff. It comes with some action. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice, atoning for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but check this out. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In other words, you're trying to make God visible. If you love people, God is made visible in people's lives. That's for somebody. Amen? Verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. This is how we know that God's in us, right? He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, then God lives in him and they are in God. Verse 16, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Confidence on the day of judgment. In other words, there's going to be a day that you stand in front of God and God's going to judge you for all your sin, but because you have Jesus over you, but because you accepted him, we are not afraid of that day. We are not looking towards that day with fear and trembling, but because we're covered by the blood, but because we believe in Jesus, listen, all your sin is already wiped out. We go into that moment, we go into that day of judgment with our head held high, believing in Jesus, believing in what he did, believing in his sacrifice. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you died right now, if you died right now, do you know where you're going? I don't mean to be morbid. I don't mean to be that preacher, right? But can we keep, can we keep it real? 
can we be honest? We've been, we've been in church way too long to be playing games. Who's done with church games? I'm done with the church games. In and out of church, what is it going to be? Listen, what is it going to be tonight? Let's make that decision before you waste your time. Let's make that decision. Are you going to live for God or are you going to live for yourself? Are you going to submit yourself to this love that casts out all fear? I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going. I know that he's calling me. I have family in heaven. I believe they're there waiting for me. They're calling on me. I have ancestors. I have friends in heaven that they're waiting on me, that they're praying for me, that they're interceding for me, and they're calling me home. Man, this life is only like a little burst of wind here for a minute and out the next. But isn't it funny that the small time on earth determines where our eternity is? Eternity, see, here's the thing about eternity, and I, I wasn't going to talk about this. Eternity happens because God is eternal. You see, we, we're humans. We, we live, we die. Your spirit's not going nowhere, right? I remember I was in high school. Some of you tried to tell me that after I died, nothing was going to happen. I was like, dude, how are we here right now have this conversation, right, with conscious minds, having a heart-to-heart, -heart, and you're telling me that when I die, I'm just gone. My conscious, my mind, my spirit is just no more. That's what you're honestly telling me? He was like, yeah. <laughs> said, no, Baba. When you die, your body stays in the ground, but your soul lives somewhere. You, to, you, ever, you, ever, you ever have your spirit, like, burst out your chest one day? Your spirit says, there's something in you. It's your spirit. It's your inner being, right? When you die, you're going to be somewhere. You're going to either be in heaven or you're going to be in hell. And who decides that isn't God. It's you. God does not send people to hell. God leaves you to your own will. Let me explain this. I heard this once. I will never stop preaching this. Hell is a monument of free will. In other words... Every day you're faced with free will. Am I going to love God or am I going to love money? Am I going to love God or am I going to love lust? Am I going to love, love God or am I going to love drugs? Am I going to love God or is it going to be this? What is it going to be? You know what that is. It's in your heart. Repent of it right now. Can we do that? Bow your heads, close your eyes right here in this moment. Everybody, can we make a repentance prayer? Because we've been walking as a Christian, quote unquote, but we've been living a life that does not live up to those standards, that God is actually calling us to love him. Right there in your heart, can you just repent of the sin that's been, you've been choosing? Here's what a repentant prayer sounds like. God, can you forgive me? Forgive me. I've chosen this too many times. I choose you. Forgive me. Help me. You brought me to this church for a reason. People, I can grow here. I can grow here. This feels right. Amen and amen. Look up. Thank you for doing that. That was amazing. So you have, this, you have this life, right? And, and you have this monument of free will. And you know what God says? God says this. I formed you in your mother's womb. I created you. I gave you health. I gave you a body, a mind, a soul, a spirit, a heart. And you chose sin every single time. But this is what I did. I solved the problem for you. I made it simple. It's not too hard. I made it honestly simple. I sent my son to die for you so that you may come alive in him. I sent my son so this isn't about performance, but this is about relationship. 
the only thing that qualifies you as a citizen of heaven is if you love and receive my son Jesus. And if you don't want me, if you don't receive me, if you don't seek me, if you honestly don't want me, guess what? In eternity, you can't be where I'm at. Hell was not created for humans. Hell was created for demons and devils. The reason why people go there is because they chose it. Every day we choose that. We make that decision. It's going to be God or it's going to be that. We talked about Judas a couple weeks ago. Judas had a decision. It's going to be God or it's going to be the money. What is it going to be?